This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Ruth chapter 1, we begin a new series today, and that new series is entitled Ruth, Adjusting to a New Normal. And today's message is You have a choice. You have a choice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Please speak to our hearts as we look intently into it. In Jesus' name, amen. Life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. I'm going to need more sound, please. All right. Life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Again, we cannot stop uh, what happens to us. We cannot prevent what happens to us, but we can choose the attitude we will have. We can choose the reaction or response that we will have to what happens to us. That's so important. You have a choice. Did you ask for the coronavirus? No. Did you ask for these restrictions where you have to wear a mask? No. But you can choose to have a good attitude. You can choose to draw closer to the Lord. Well, we're going to look at this. But before we do, it says in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, this. It says, In the days when the judges ruled... There was a famine in the land. Now, it talks about when this book was written. In the days when the judges ruled. The book of Judges is a time period in the Bible when God's people went through a cycle. And the cycle simply was this. They would forget God and they would sin against God. God would raise up oppressors who would oppress them. And then they would cry out to God, and God would raise up a deliverer or a judge, and they would be delivered and have peace once again. But then after a while, they would sin and suffer and supplicate and experience salvation. So that was the cycle in the book of Judges. And here is Israel, God's chosen people. Of all people, you would think, They would love the Lord. They would thank him for his bountiful blessings and that they would serve him gladly. But instead, they kept forgetting him. They kept running away from him and and, uh, rebelling against him. And they suffered the consequences of that. But God always had mercy in raising up a judge like Samson uh, to deliver them so that they would have a time of peace. Now, This is important, because if Israel rebelled, is there any hope? Of all people, 
we're going to hear a story about a Moabite. A Moabite were enemies of Israel. And a Moabite woman, no less. A woman in that culture was not considered very much of having status. And yet a Moabite woman was the one who obeyed the Lord, who honored the Lord. So this is a little picture in a big picture that shows us someone doing God's will when everyone else, according to Judges chapter 21, verse 25, did what was right in their own eyes. So let me just give you three letters. E-G-O. E-G-O stands for either edging God out or enjoying God's order. E-G-O stands for either edging God out, which is what the Israelites did, or enjoying God's order, which is what Ruth did. Are you edging God out of your life? Or are you enjoying God's order? That's the question. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. So there were changes and choices to the new normal. The changes create the need for the new normal, and the choices are how people responded to the new normal. So let's talk about the changes that Naomi, we're going to learn about Naomi in a moment, had to make in hard times. There were four changes. She moved away from home. She married sons to foreigners. She managed health issues and the death of her husband and sons. And she moved again. That's a lot of changes that she had to make. And with each change came a new normal. Do you think Naomi wanted to move away from Bethlehem to Moab? No, but a famine caused that. Do you think that she wanted her sons to marry Moabites who are enemies of Israel? No, but her two sons did. Do you think she wanted her husband to get sick and die or her sons to get sick and die? No. Do you think she wanted to move back to Judah? Well, that's probably the one thing she did want to do, move back to Bethlehem when she found out the Lord had ended the famine. We're going to be looking at this in a moment. But my point here is when these things happened to Naomi, she went from the old normal to the new normal. And you know, let's be honest. We are all searching for the ideal. But then we, we experience an ordeal. And we want a new deal. Is that not true? We are searching for the ideal. We experience an ordeal. And we want a new deal. And it's hard when you have to leave what is comfortable what is known for what is uncomfortable and what is unknown. It's hard to move from the old normal to a new normal, isn't it? So we're going to learn about that here in the scriptures. Ruth 1.1, there was a famine in the land. Of all places for there to be a famine, it was in her hometown Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. Isn't that ironic that the house of bread is where the famine was taking place? Because of that famine, this man named Elimelech, whose name means God is my king, 
and his wife, Naomi, whose name means pleasant, and their sons, Malon and Kilion, moved to Moab because of the famine. Now, remember I said in Book of Judges, everyone did what was right in his own eyes? God did not tell Elimelech to move to Moab, but his name means my God uh, is my king. God is my king. I think it meant he is his own king. You know what I'm saying? So that what happens is we draw a circle and we decide we're going to be Lord of the Rings. We're going to be in charge of our own kingdom. We know how to fix problems. So if there's a famine in land, well, we know what to do. Let's move to enemy territory, right? No, that doesn't make any sense. When we try to fix things our own way, we make things worse. God needs to be king in our lives. Jesus is Lord of our lives. And when we think we know better than him, and that's the root of sin, is everyone does what's right in his own sight. This week in my devotions, I was reading about little Josiah. When he became king at age eight, it says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he did not turn from the right or to the left. Isn't that a beautiful description? I want to be known as Josiah, who does what's right in the sight of the Lord, rather than what seems best to me. Because I don't have God's perspective. All right. So now Abimelech, excuse me, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died once they get to Moab, and she was left with her two sons. And they married Moabite women, one named Orpah. By the way, Oprah Winfrey was supposed to be named Orpah based on this verse. But her mother misspelled her name on the birth certificate, and that, that's how she became Oprah. Interesting side effect. A side note, no extra charge. So the two sons marry Moabite women. One, Orpah, and the other, Ruth. Ruth means beautiful. Orpah means fawn. After they lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. We have in our midst a grief expert, and if you were to summarize grief, it's to be left Without. Grief is adjusting to the loss of someone or something in your life. And let's face it, when you had your new, your old normal, you were up here. But then you lost something, and now your new normal isn't as good as the old normal in your mind, and you're grieving the loss, aren't you? All right, how many here wish we could go back to the good old days when we didn't have to wear a mask, where we could give people hugs and kisses and not be afraid to just be friendly and loving? See, let me see your hands. 100% over here. Absolutely. We would love that. Notice the grief that's involved. In just a 10-year period, Naomi lost her precious husband and she lost her two adult sons. Can I just say at this time, no parent should outlive 
their kid. But it happens. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. I talked to someone who lost their son in his 20s. And she says, you never get over it. It's hard. Now, if it wasn't for the hope of heaven, we would despair. But we're so thankful that those who know Jesus are in heaven waiting for us and we'll see them again. There is hope. There is encouragement. There is blessing. But it's tough. It's hard. It's, there's grief and then there's compound grief. You know, when you break your bone, uh, it's a fracture. When the bone sticks out of the skin, it's called a compound fracture. So when somebody dies who's, who, uh, you know, maybe you expected that death, even though it's sad and tragic and hard, it's a, it's grief. But when someone like your son dies or someone dies unexpectedly, it, it, it's compound grief. You know what I'm talking about? It's hard. And we're not, you know, going to trivialize the difficulty of this time. We're going to acknowledge it. But the question is, how are you responding to it? So with her two daughters, after she heard that God had opened up Bethlehem to have food, she was going to head back with her daughter-in-laws to um, Judah. And I like verse 7 because it has a progression of transition we need to acknowledge. That with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and she set out on the road. You know, any transition that you go through, you have to leave something to arrive somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So part of moving from the old normal that you loved to the new normal is leaving the old normal behind and saying, we may never go back there. I accept that. And okay, Lord, I'm rolling up my sleeves and asking for your grace to adjust to this new normal, even though I don't like it right now. You know what I'm saying? All right. So we saw the changes that were made in hard times. Naomi had to move away from her home. She saw her sons married to foreigners. She managed health issues for her husband and for her two sons, and they ended up dying. And she, had, she moved back again to Bethlehem. Now, what changes have you had to make in these hard times? What's been your new normal? For some of us who are watching by Zoom, it's shelter in place. For some of us who are here in the sanctuary, in-person worship, it's we are practicing strict precautions to protect ourselves. And some of you are managing health issues. By the way, if you have a health issue, don't stay away from the hospital because you think you're going to get COVID-19. Take care of whatever health issue you need to take care of. You know what I'm saying? More people are dying of heart attacks at home because they delayed going to the hospital. Enlo has two different emergency rooms. They also have telemedicine. Don't hold off getting the medical treatment you need. And yes, grieve the losses that you have. Acknowledge them and, and admit them and, and talk to the Lord and, and see a wise counselor. But most importantly, draw closer to the Lord. That's the best response. 
You know, when something happens, it's like a wedge. And that wedge can come between you and God and make you bitter. Or that wedge can push you to the bosom of God and make you better. How are you allowing that wedge in your life to affect you? Is it making you bitter or better? In the case of Naomi, she's going to get bitter. Remember what her name means? Pleasant. But at one point she's going to say, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. And Mara means bitter. I'm mad. I'm upset. I feel God is against me and everything I look at looks black and dismal and negative. Call me Mara. Her response, frankly, was not the best. But it was human. But God's not done yet. God can even minister to someone whose heart has become bitter and resentful because of the changes that have occurred. So what are the choices we have to make when you have a new normal? The choices are to, to, to make a new in hard times are to either keep going or to go back. To find security or to take risk. To be with family or foreigners. To commit or to quit. Let's see that real quick. First of all, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law in verse 8, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. They're showing kindness to their dead husbands by sticking to Naomi, by loving their mother-in-law. And she says, you know what, guys? I was going to take you back with me to Bethlehem and Judah, but you guys are Moabites, and you would be outcasts, and there's no way you'd get a husband, and I'm too old to have a kid to be able to have that kid grow up for you to marry them, to continue the family line, which is our custom. So why don't you go back home to your family? And isn't that our preference? If I had a choice between going back to the old normal or staying in the new normal, I would rather go back home. But the choice is, do you go back or do you keep going? Sometimes, many times, when you keep going, you're going to discover there's a silver lining around that dark cloud. There's going to be something good that's going to come out of the darkness of the coronavirus. God's going to do some really awesome things that he could not do any other way to get our attention, to get us to draw close to him, yet through the coronavirus. The best is yet to be, even though we don't see it right now. Are you going to go back or are you going to go forward and experience what God's surprise is for you that's better than whatever you could imagine. And one day you're going to say, I resented the coronavirus, but now I thank God for the impact and how it changed my life. And then, is it, are you going to choose security or are you going to take a risk? She said to uh, Orpah and Naomi, may the Lord grant that each of you will find rest. Where's a place of security? If you go back, if you go back to your home, 
and you find another husband and you marry. They're young enough to find some good guy to take care of them. Are they going to choose security or are they going to choose risk? We're going to find out. Because what happened is they were so upset. They wept out loud. They don't want to leave Naomi. They love her. She's been their mother-in-law for, you know, maybe up to 10 years. And they said, we will go with you to your people. You know, sometimes we make a commitment, like, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to adjust to the new normal. But we really don't mean it. We still want to go back to Egypt. Remember the Egyptians um, where they were holding the Israelites in bondage and the Israelites got free from that? but they didn't have the leeks and the onions and the meat that they had back in in Egypt. And suddenly they wanted to go back to Egypt, but they forgot that when they were in Egypt, they were under the oppression of slavery. You remember the Israelites wanted to go back home? Because it was secure. We had a better menu than just one choice of manna. How quickly we forget the bad stuff and want to go back to the good old days. The good old days weren't so good. There were some bad things back then too. Will it be our choice for security or to take risk? The ripest fruit is at the end of the branch. Verse 10, and she's, uh, verse 11, but Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I have no guarantees and uh, you're going to be having to take care of me. You have to work in order to provide food for me. Why? You know, this is important. Many older people say this. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. Have you said that? I know you guys are self-sufficient and you've worked hard and you've gone through a lot of hard things and you've got kids and grandkids and you say, I don't want to be a burden on anyone. That's what Naomi's saying. Why would you come with me? I don't want to be a burden to you. I don't want to weigh you down. I don't want to add to your responsibilities and your worries. No, my daughters, it's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. By the way, God's hand has not turned against Naomi. He's provided Ruth who's going to be committed to her. And the end hasn't been written yet. So when you think that God is against you, You got it wrong. Because God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. The devil wants you to think that the Lord has turned against you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will care for you. He will provide for you. God is not against you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? No one and nothing God and you are a majority. You can face anything. And so, at this urging of Naomi for them to turn back, they wept aloud because they loved her much, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. You see what happened there? Same thing happened to two people. Orpah and Ruth both lost their husbands. How did they respond to it? That's the question. Orpah decided, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back where it's secure. I'm not going to take a risk. I'd rather be with family than foreigners over there in Bethlehem with Israelites who are my enemies. I'd rather 
quit than commit. But Ruth said just the opposite. Ruth said just the opposite. But notice when Naomi said, go back to your family, she also said, and go back to your gods. Orpah was still a worshiper of Chemosh, an idol. And she went back to her family and her gods. But something happened in Ruth's heart. She was a woman of faith. Something happened where she converted from being a Moabite to having faith in Yahweh, the one true God. And how do we know this? Because even when Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her family and her gods, go back with her. We ask, what will Ruth do? Will she commit or quit? Will she choose comfort or take a risk? The answer is, Ruth replied, verse 16, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Do you hear this? This is more than just loyalty and care for Naomi. This is an act of faith. She is declaring, I believe in the God of all gods. I believe in Yahweh, and I will give my life in trusting, I will entrust my life to him. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's what we sang. That's what she's saying. I believe in the Lord. And that's the only thing that's getting us through, isn't it? Our belief, our faith in the Lord is what's getting us through day by day. So what choices do you need to make in these hard times? Do you need to keep going or do you want to go back? Do you need to find security? Or are you willing to take risks trusting the Lord? Do you need to be with family? Of course, we should be with family. But sometimes you have to accept help from foreigners, from people who are not in your family. God's called you to be a witness to those who are, don't know the Lord yet. Are you going to commit or are you going to quit? Well, you know what? Even if I say, I quit the coronavirus... It doesn't go away, does it? I cannot be an ostrich and stick my head in the sand. It's here and it's here to stay. I've got to adjust to a new normal. I've got to accept it's here. But I've got to live for the Lord by faith and be a witness to Him. I'm going to ask you to respond in a prayer. And there's two prayers and they're equally powerful you've never trusted in Christ, here's the prayer. I insisted on doing what is right in my own sight, but I need deliverance from my sinful ways. Right now, I turn around to trust in you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. Again, are you edging God out or enjoying God's order? Enjoy God's order. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Perhaps you're a Christian, but you're still struggling. And so you say this, I admit that I have grown bitter and resentful over the changes that have happened in recent times. I don't like the new normal, but I now realize that I need you even more. Please forgive my bad attitude and help me to choose to live by faith. 
like Ruth. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.